people are saving their lives, their children, they go through the border, but a lot of people stay there because they are ready to protect the, the country, not because they can't go, because they want to stay. As Russia's unprovoked attack in Ukraine continues, people around the world have shown solidarity for the Ukrainian people. That's been true in South Carolina, too. In the last week, Ukrainians and their supporters gathered in Falls Park in Greenville and held a prayer service at a Ukrainian church in Spartanburg. A small group held a vigil outside the South Carolina State House in Columbia, and the sky wheel in Myrtle Beach was lit blue and yellow, the colors of the Ukrainian flag. On Wednesday, Charleston residents rallied for peace outside City Hall, which was also illuminated in blue and yellow. I'm Emily Williams. This is Understand South Carolina from the Post and Courier, and today we'll be talking about those efforts to support Ukraine from right here in South Carolina. We'll also hear from a resident of Greenville, who moved here from Ukraine in 2016, about what it's been like to watch this war from afar and what she's doing to help. My name is Marina Botanico, and I moved to, to Greenville from Ukraine, from Kiev, I think almost, maybe almost six years ago. We moved here with my husband. He got a job offer. We live in Greenville since then. So my mom and her husband, they are, they are there and they don't want to leave because it's their country, it's their home. They are ready to protect their land, so they are not far from Kiev. And uh, my mother and father-in-law, they are in Kiev. Uh, most, most of the time we were texting because uh, for days we didn't have a connection to, they didn't have a connection to to call. So I was able to talk to my mom on only on the fourth day. She shared with me that at first everyone was shocked and panicking and nobody couldn't believe that it happened. My mom and her husband were able to take their friend from, from Kiev, bring to, to the house right before it, be, it became dangerous, right before the shooting started over there. Now they're, they're trying to do the best that they can, like help how they can. For example, my mom, she bakes bread for everyone who needs it because there's a problem with delivering food because it's a small town and because of the things that are going on in Kiev. Uh, my husband's parents, they are five to 10 minutes walk from, from the building where the rocket shot and it's two minutes away from, um, uh, from a hospital where me and my husband were born. Hi, I'm Nate Carey. Uh, my byline is Nathaniel, and I am a Post and Courier reporter uh, based in Greenville and cover the upstate. The first sign that I saw, and this the, the first time I saw it was on my way home uh, from work, uh, taking the main, the main interstate, um, Interstate 385, right where it connects with Interstate 85 in Greenville. And there's a digital billboard that cycles through different ads. And, and on the cycle that I saw um, was a, a message that said, pray for Ukraine. I'm Ryan Gilcrest. I'm managing editor of the Post and Courier's newsrooms in Greenville and Spartanburg. I also spent a considerable amount of time working with independent newspapers in Ukraine from 2013 through uh, 2019. Going back to my own experience prior to the time that I started going over to Ukraine, I, 
I don't think I had a, a large awareness of Ukrainians or Ukrainian culture or or anything. And the sort of visual clues you get from going throughout your day to day life and seeing the the blue and yellow pop up, it's not something we've seen before. And so I think there's a lot of small shows of support um, in addition to the rallies. And I think part of that is just a reflection of it's it's on people's minds. That sort of consciousness reflects itself in, in a lot of small ways. There have been multiple rallies uh, in the upstate, and they kind of spawned in the days after the initial uh, wave of attacks by Russia on the Ukraine. There were demonstrations in both Greenville and Spartanburg in the upstate, as well as a, uh, a small rally at the state house and signs of solidarity, both from Ukrainian expats uh, who are here and others who, are, who came out to support them. Specifically, there was a prayer vigil that was held at uh, Falls Park in downtown Greenville, where a number of people showed up decked out in, in blue and yellow of the Ukrainian flag and knelt and prayed there over the weekend. There was a march uh, through downtown Greenville by another group. There were rallies that were also held in Spartanburg, where there's actually a large, larger Ukrainian population um, and a number of churches that uh, are based there and, and reach out specifically to, uh, to Slavic-speaking populations. There is a, a small community here that is and has been supportive of each other. It is often a church-based community. So finding Ukrainians are, are, again, just reaching out for, for help and support and have done a lot of different activities. There, there's websites that have been created just in the last couple of weeks. I see fundraisers that they've started and organization for further rallies uh, this weekend in, in Greenville, Spartanburg, in Clemson, for people to show up and, and to show solidarity there. And they're they're asking for help, and they're kind of taking a, a social media strategy, the, the crowdfunded strategy of, of raising money for, for Kevlar vests, for helmets, for all sorts of supplies that they'd like to make their way back into Ukraine to help in the effort from here. We have a community of Ukrainians. Uh, there is a... Um... A lot of Ukrainians who are part of the church, part of Ukrainians who are not a part of the church. So we are trying to connect as much as we can and do something together. So uh, me and my friends, we organized a website where it would be more convenient to people who want to help because I get a lot of people asking me, how can we help? And first two days, I couldn't even tell because I was in shock. So we decided to have a website where everything in one place. Uh, so we are trying to be get together as much as we can because everyone wants to help and it's uh, everyone has a family there, f- friends, and we feel exhausted, hopeless, because what we can do is only send money or gather something to to send there. But, but I see a lot of um, people who live there, they are staying without the food, without water, and they need someone to deliver it. And uh, sometimes I feel I want to be that someone. In speaking with a number of uh, families based here who have Ukrainian connections or heritage, they were shocked and surprised by the show of support here in South Carolina, in, in the upstate for Ukraine from politicians who are introducing bills to target connections and businesses with with Russian connections to the mayor of 
Charleston raising Ukrainian flag over City Hall. And in the upstate, we've got businesses uh, like uh, Pomegranates on Main, a longtime Persian restaurant here. Uh, it's co-owned by a, a family that uh, emigrated from Iran. And they said they disposed of all of their Russian vodka and liquor and will only serve Ukrainian drinks from now on. At a time where it seems like very few people can ever agree on anything, the the sort of universal feeling uh, of support for Ukrainians and, and for what's going on there has been striking. And, and I know something that's very emotional, not just for Ukrainians in South Carolina, but uh, across the world, um, seeing the level of outpouring. You, you don't have to look very far to find a video clip of people who have no direct connection to Ukraine supporting Ukrainians. It's just really an unusual thing to see uh, in the in the climate we sort of find ourselves in these days. And so I, I think in a lot of ways that's been overwhelming, uh, almost difficult to process for a lot of the Ukrainians here and elsewhere. I think it helps because I heard from people who are currently in Ukraine that they feel the support. It's a little bit easier when we are together, we're feeling that we are not alone. We'll be right back with more after this quick message. Hi, I'm Avery Wilkes, a project reporter for the Post and Courier Columbia. As journalists, we work hard to hold powerful people accountable for the decisions that they make and how they affect others. And we have a track record of investigations that have brought about real, tangible change in our community. But that kind of watchdog reporting isn't free. It's time-consuming and expensive. To pay for it, we need people to subscribe and support journalism with real dollars. Help us keep going. Learn how to subscribe at postingcourier.com slash subscribe. One person I spoke to, Sergei Potopenko, his grandmother and mother are in Ukraine, uh, again, in a smaller a smaller village in southern Ukraine. And he said his grandmother lives in, in an apartment building and was getting air raid sirens would go off and, and she'd walk her way down the three-story apartment building into the basement and then back up again. And then they do it again a few, you know, a few hours, three days later. He said she was six years old during World War II and was displaced at, at that time um, and never thought she would be alive to see more of a, a more conflict like that. So stories like that of uh, how close they are to to conflict and still how far away they are and and feeling this sort of sense of helplessness. Another lady I spoke to sent me a text at like four thirty in the morning. Said I, I can't sleep and I've been scrolling, scrolling and saw this from a friend and just wanted to share it. So it's 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 like a twenty four hour a day thing for them right now of how connected they are and and close to to their homeland. I think that sense of resolve that. Nate touched on is is pretty essential to Ukrainians in general, uh, both here and, and abroad. Uh, you know, this is definitely a people who have fought for their independence before. You can you can go back a long way, but sort of the convenient moment is to look at them emerging from the Soviet Union in 1991. And, and independence is never a straight line. They have seen ups and downs in that. Obviously, there has been a lot of pressure from Russia throughout. This is a hard to explain just how much progress Ukraine has had 
to go through to reach this moment. And so this is a people who's used to having to fight for their freedom, for their independence, to be what they consider themselves, which is European. And so it's viewed as sort of a galvanizing moment, a moment as one people ready to be and chart their own legacy. I messaged a friend of mine over there the other day and uh, you know, of course, we, we've sort of migrated past the point of me asking them, how's it going? What's going on? And more toward just messages of support. We all understand the situation they're in. And at this point, I kind of feel like my role with them is to simply say, we're thinking about you. And, but I sent one of them a message and said, you can't imagine how much I am enjoying watching the world discover the Ukrainian sense of humor. When you go over there and get to know people and get to understand them, there's a, a sense of humor that sort of runs through everything. Um, and a, a sort of a spirit of courage, uh, bravery. Um, and so seeing everyone sort of see these viral videos and hear some of these stories over the last week or so absolutely reflects a large number of Ukrainians I know that that sort of spirit of we'll do what we have to do and we'll probably do it with a smirk. Ukraine, like the United States, is no one thing. People feel differently about different subjects. They have different views. Um, Ukraine is, Russia aside, the largest landmass country in Europe. That's important to know. It's been referred to as the breadbasket of Europe. It produces an astounding amount of grain. It is very essential to the way Europe functions. And so Ukraine as a whole finds itself aligned and united with those countries in Europe more than Russia, more and more as time goes on. And really, in a lot of ways, for the first time, Ukraine stands together, leaders and people. I would say that Ukraine is a beautiful country. With its, of course, with its problems and issues that we ha all have, but we are free people who love their country. Ukrainian has a beautiful language, which is not Russian; it's Ukrainian. So it's it's a beautiful country with mountains, with with the sea. So you, you can have everything there. We have amazing food, and people in Ukraine are kind. And as you can see. Like everyone now is gathered together. It's, it's amazing how people are helping and people are saving their lives, their children. They go through the border, but a lot of people stay there because they are ready to protect the, the country, not because they can't go, because they want to stay. And it's amazing. All right, that's all for today. You can find more stories about South Carolinians supporting Ukraine in today's show notes. We've also included a link to the website of resources that Marina Botenko described. That website is ukrainiansinsc.com. If you have comments or questions for this podcast, email us at understandsc at postandcourier.com or find us on Twitter at understandsc. Understand South Carolina is a production of The Post and Courier. Let us know what you think of the show. Write and review us on Apple Podcasts. Keep up with the latest headlines at postandcourier.com. There's a great story that you can find in our show notes from arts critic Maura Hogan about two musicians, cellist Natalia Coma 
and pianist Volodymyr Vinsky, who are natives of Ukraine and professors at the College of Charleston. Along with the story, you can find a video by Gavin McIntyre of the couple playing Brahms' Cello Sonata No. 1 in E minor from their home in Mount Pleasant. We're going to end today's episode with that recording. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a different news story from our state.